재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 It is time for our final segment of Friday and for the rest of the week. This is News Digest where we take a look back at some of the uh, key issues of the past week, get some analysis, and once again, our very good friend from Kyunghee University Law Professor Song Se-ryan here in the studio. Professor Song, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good evening. You're welcome. We have to start with, I hope, is a case of closure for many people who have been uh, suffering through this tragedy. Um, the South Korean Supreme Court finally upholding a ruling mm-hmm. against the captain of the uh, Sewol ferry, finding him guilty of murder and sentencing him to life in prison. Your personal view on this uh, final appeals verdict, uh, do you believe justice was served? Well, it gave me a lot of things to think about. There were a part of me saying that, well, that is not enough if there was a capital punishment in yeah. Korea uh, uh, operating. Probably that would be what he deserved. But at the same time, you look at it from a legal point of view, um, th- there was an active involvement of the Korean judiciary to find a, a higher or the severe uh, punishment because under the uh, relevant act, the Seafarers Act, uh, before it was revised this year, the maximum sentence for com- uh, omitting his duty as a captain was up to about five years. Now, they had to change it, and they had to find the way to kind of hook him to a, a, yeah. a more severe punishment. That's why they were talking about the murder charges. The murder charges is tough generally because you have to prove the intent of it, and probably people will understand that he's uh, not intending on killing those people. Uh, but there is a secondary way to do it, which is to find it a gross negligence tantamount to a, a intention to commit uh, a severe act. So that, that's why they found this omission of uh, his duties is tantamount to uh, gross negligence, and they have been for it. Uh, it's, uh, it's viable legal theory, but I think it's a little bit of a stretch, uh, a little bit of a stretch to accommodate the emotional part of yeah. the national sentiment. And more, I, I think the bigger problem is, as you said, is this a closure? Uh, is he... Okay, Im- does he embody the, the entirety of the, the tragedy and also the cause of it? Probably a lot of people would think that no, it's not. It's more complicated than that. So uh, in terms of punishment, uh, I think he deserved, well, from my emotional part, what he, what he got from his very co- cowardly mm-hmm. and untimely act. But at the same time, it's n- in no way a closure or the conclusion of this saga. Yeah, so the point being, if it's a free and fair judiciary and you're just looking at the cold, hard facts, it may have been pretty difficult to prosecute an actual case of what we've seen here with life in prison conviction of murder. But judges, prosecutors, all the lawyers involved, they're, they're human beings too, and they've certainly uh, felt the wrath of the public, and they had they had a sense of, I, I suppose they call it duty, but to go, look, we need to show that we did something with this, and we got, we, we're going to be, try to be judicious and objective and fair, but we're going to have to grasp at some of these straws to try to make this ruling work in an academic legal sense, right? Right, right. If those people were thinking that, well, if he let him off the hook lightly, then there's going to be wrath. Uh, heaped upon us. If that was their uh, kind of justification in any way, then they would they yeah. would be uh, betraying their professional duty. The final question on this is that, and you pointed it out very well too, is 
is that really closure, though, and the sense that, yes, the bad guy, he does deserve some punishment for his cowardly act, but did that once and for all address everything that needed to be addressed with welfare. And we've talked about this countless times in panel right. discussions about right. government oversight, uh, these corrupt com com companies, how various uh, uh, bureaucrats and, and rescue workers conduct themselves. It seems like, and we've seen subsequent accidents in, uh, after this whole mm -hmm. tragedy, that um, maybe the lessons have not been fully learned. Right. Uh, if, we, if we can go back even further, in 1993, there was a, a ferry hole disaster which killed uh, 292 people. I, I think we've known all along that the safety issue has been a very sore spot and a very weak spot for Korea, and uh, that had to be addressed uh, urgently, and we missed the chance, and we're still missing the chance. As, as you pointed out, there were uh, accidents happening even after the whole ferry and after creating a Ministry of Public Safety and Security. Uh, and, you know, grant, granted that it's one year old, so uh, probably got to cut some slack for him. But the uh, general consensus, I think the feeling is that not much has changed. Yeah. We have not seen a massive movement in the industry sector and, and those to uh, beef up or uh, uh, spend more money or hire more people on the security. That I don't think visibly has not happened. Mm. And all that happened, I think, uh, is that uh, there were more uh, political squabbles yeah. around this. Well, speaking of political squabbles, our next story, uh, this is also perhaps business as usual, this uh, quaning or this uh, tradition of having important uh, cabinet members, senior officials of government to uh, be able to step down and then reap the political rewards by uh, running in the upcoming general elections to get these plush National Assembly seats. Uh, the president and Blue House now saying they're dismissing speculation, saying, look, we're not going to have a major cabinet reshuffle imminently. This decision purely politics just for the optics of it, do you believe? At this point, it's hard to say. She said uh, we're not going to do it for now. Uh, but I think there is a widespread speculation that that's going to happen sometime uh, later this month or next month. So it's inevitability. Uh, but uh, I, I think that uh, the message is uh, still there, if you can find it, that, that uh, the executive branch, the cabinet, is uh, intending to push for the more immediate issue for the people, for the livelihood, for the reforms, and countless laws that has not passed. So uh, if this is designed to uh, kind of persuade people that, well, on it, so don't worry about it, uh, it's a weak message, but a message nonetheless. Okay. Now, there, we're going to talk more politics uh, in our next topic as well, but as far as the Blue House's role in this, uh, you know that they would like to protect their legacy as they're creeping towards the end of the term. That right. means keeping the ruling party in power, but also taking care of their cronies and allies uh, in, in these uh, next general elections. Mm -hmm. um, the president, this really brought back, if you don't support this current government, uh, memories of the past uh, when we had a former president who uh, started his own political party. It was known as the Uri Party, kind of trying to do away with the old guard of the uh, regionalized politics. And that president also uh, made some remarks on TV saying, hey, it'd be nice if um, the people could support this party right. in the upcoming elections. The, pre the current president, President Park Geun-hye, had some remarks in parliament that some people construed as sort of along similar lines about saying, hey, you got to push for this party or at least get these kind of people elected. Um, 
the president nominally is not supposed to be able to do that. Uh, what is, what right. are your thoughts? I might be in a minority, but uh, President No said vote for us, uh, for our party. So there is a distinction that uh, President Park did make. Even then, I didn't think that the president knows some remarks. should not have been that, impeached for that, though. No, I don't think so. I, I, I think that uh, this politics is such that, uh, that despite the, the technicality or the rule that the president should not be actively involved in the uh, elections, but uh, the politics is about uh, gathering your people, uh, people who you believe in, and push for the policies you, you, you have. So uh, much of the stuff that they talk about, the uh, the kind of uh, pro-no and anti-no and pro-park and anti-park. Part of me is thinking, well, what else do you do? You gather people that you believe in, you can work with, and there's a finite time that you're given to do that, uh, uh, five years. So unless there's a procedural uh, defect and unless there's a nepotism or those kind of things that kind of um, uh, failed, from uh, making her to do her duty, I, I think that to an extent you should not squabble about those, and uh, probably you should look at a, a effectiveness and uh, the the kind of forcefulness of the team yeah. itself. I, I think the criteria might be a little bit misdirected. I mean, I understand their their argument, but it seems like it's a distinguisher from President No's statement, and it seems like there are more pressing issues at this point. That's, but then that's the thing is, it feels kind of strange to have these, and you can understand the ideal, okay, if you are an elected official, especially if you're the president, you have to at least give the veneer of being politically neutral. Um, you can never imagine um, if there would be some kind of problem if, let's say, President Barack Obama said, hey, um, Hillary Clinton is going to be running for president. Uh, it looks like she's going to be the better person for the job than Donald Trump. But I don't think he'd get in trouble for that necessarily. No, I don't think so. But, uh, but nobody believes that this, this uh, president of Korea is supposed to be politically neutral or even like a national assembly speaker. No one believes that they are Complete. Right. They're human beings. Uh, I think that comes from the particular notion in Korea that the president in Korea is somewhat imperial, is above the everybody else, so he should or he should, she should uh, stay neutral. But I, I think it's, uh, I mean, truth to that, but uh, in this day and age, the, the National Assembly can effectively uh, uh, erect very forceful barrier to get anything done at yeah. this point. So I, I, I don't think that should be the sole criteria. All right. Well, let's stay with politics. Uh, we've been talking about this all week. Uh, ruling Senate Party, opposition, NPAD, trying to come to some kind of agreement on how to redistrict the electoral maps. Um, gerrymandering is what we can call it in other uh, parts of the world. Uh, they have not been able to come to an agreement, and maybe that's not a big surprise. Have you you've been witnessing uh, what's been going on? Any discernible progress? Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, negotiation? Well, there seemed to be a progress because uh, NPAD uh, kind of relented a little bit, saying that they would accept uh, uh, the reduction of the proportional representative. I mean, it's a little bit of change from yesterday, so that's a new development. But at the same time, they are still uh, miles apart. And this just shows that th these parties cannot work together. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not a surprise, and it's not particularly uh, uh, in Korea uh, only. But uh, it seems like the, the, the challenges and 
the homeworks that we have as politicians in Korea is more mounting. And if they cannot work on this, um, it's, it's uh, probably just, you know, testimony to uh, the inability for the, the, the political sector uh, in general. Now, going forward, I, I think that they have to work uh, together on this because uh, if you remember, this came from the constitutional court ruling that they have to reduce the the, the population population disparity uh, to a, a certain uh, proportion. So they have a deadline, absolute deadline, December 31st. If they cannot agree on anything, then all the district is uh, illegal uh, uh, next next year. So there would be horrible consequences for all the political sector and those people who are running for this district has no district and there's no appointment rules and we don't know how many will be elected. Yeah. So I think there will be a lot of backlash for the political sector uh, and wholesale if nothing happens. Right. And so you want to vote maybe, but you won't even know where you're supposed to register to vote, uh, who your candidate is potentially going to be. Again, I guess to rehash, you have a situation where the populations are much more urbanized and centralized, so uh, the mm -hmm. number of seats by principle allotted, if you believe in that kind of uh, principle of the more votes should actually equal more seats, is the urban, especially Seoul metropolitan areas, should get right. more seats. The rural areas, which have seen populations dwindling, should probably see a reduction in this bad for Senudi. Um, generally good for the opposition. Opposition would also like to see more increased proportional representation, which allows then some of the minor mm -hmm. voices. You don't win the election, but you can at least get some voice. You can get some seats if you have a percentage of the of the vote. Right. Uh, in your opinion, how do you think? Do you do you see a compromise here that uh, both sides can be happy with? Well, uh, to be hopeful, I think they have to because if they want to. You know, continue their political activities. They have to have <laughs> some kind of ring, and if they're destroying the ring itself, uh, probably they're they're out of job <laughs> soon. Uh, but uh, as you as you uh, pointed out, the arguments made to both parties. Uh, if you look at it, it's just bolsters their positions. I mean, the and and Pad is saying that well, we have to give uh, the voting rights to. Uh, to uh, to high school students, and then we have to lengthen the time to, to do it. And the Senate Party has an equally very rigid position at this point. Uh, I think it should all theoretically crumble down with the absolute deadline of December 31st. But uh, before that, they had extended their time to negotiate until the middle of next month. So um, I, I think it should happen because they, they cannot really destroy their livelihood. <laughs> If you want to keep a job, you're going to have to come to some kind of agreement. Now, uh, right. it's a game of chicken. Maybe one side will say, we're going to push this all the way to the line. If you don't fall into our demands, we're going to get you that chaos. But uh, Yeah, we've seen that happen yeah. in the United States as well. So that brinkmanship uh, should be an interesting uh, decision uh, to be made by both leaders of those parties. Right. Let's talk about our uh, final story, and this is um, regarding some development plans. The government announced that they're going to construct a second major international airport on Jeju Island. This is going to cost 3.5 billion U.S. dollars, the estimate by 2025. Um, for our listeners' benefit right now, what's the situation in Jeju? Uh, we have one international airport mm -hmm. there. We know that uh, a lot more tourists are visiting the region. And so do you feel that, um, as it stands, that current airport 
really is oversaturated and there really is a need for a second airport? I think there's a big consensus that there is a need because uh, a lot of people are saying this issue is not new. This is about uh, two decades old, 25 years. When the, the first Jeju airport was being built, there was a speculation that there would be, uh, there would not be enough to handle the, the demand. But since then, a lot has happened. China is what it is now. Uh, we're uh, projecting, if it is correct, about 45 million uh, visitors uh, in 2000, what, in the next decade or so. And uh, the, the current airport can only handle about half of that number. So we do need another uh, airport to uh, shoulder the burden of probably, in fact, uh, uh, the bigger airport than the current one. And there is an economic projection. Of course, it's a projection. But you can recoup the much of it in the first uh, decade. Uh, for seven years, they are saying $2 billion of uh, economic impact. And Jeju, uh, that kind of covers the hefty sum. Uh, uh, that required to build it. So uh, it, it is a happy projection because uh, not only China, we had uh, the UNESCO designating uh, Sunrise, Songsan uh, uh, Mountain as a, a uh, global heritage. So uh, with that, with those happy news and with those projections, probably it is urgent and it's long overdue. So we can contrast this then if we talk about the economic benefits of this new Jeju airport uh, to something like we c keep talking about those uh, campaign pledges that never get promised just to get votes, but the former administration, Lee Myung-bak, basically going back on his word of the, uh, the, the Gyeongnam Shingonghang, the new airport mm -hmm. in the South Gyeongsang region, which was promised, but they decided, look, Economically, I mean, this is just this is just going to be a waste of money. We're not going to be able to do this. It's not feasible. Mm -hmm. um, angered a lot of people. This is a different case, right? It, it is a different case, uh, but uh, the, the common thread that running through it, uh, and we can even bring the Kangjong now for the naval naval base issue. It, it doesn't seem like the the correct information or the enough information. I, I don't know which information itself is correct, uh, but there. There should be uh, a, a some kind of public forum, and a lot of experts should be involved in it to look at it from different uh, angles. I, I mean, in, in today's Korean society, the, the economic benefit itself is not the trump card. You have to look at the environmental factors mm -hmm. and social issues. You have to somehow balance it, and the balancing requires a lot of negotiation. Stakeholders getting involved in a genuine uh, forum to discuss these, but. What we have seen is a lot of protests and a lot of political positioning and not enough information or in-depth information about this. So uh, I, I think that uh, Jeju uh, Airport is happy as the projection it is, uh, but there, there are some environment issues you can think of. But uh, at this point, uh, if you have to uh, bring it in to the forum, uh, bring in to the, the argument, uh, I think that the either government or even the even the uh, non-government sector should think about some kind of forum so that uh, these these uh, topics can be dealt with right. and debated. Yeah, I mean, just like we've seen with those two nuclear power plants set to be built in Yongduk, obviously there would be economic benefits, but there are certainly some very major concerns with that and whether the people are having an open dialogue with the government or other officials involved. Uh, 
sort of a, a murky topic for now. And as you say, even though we have rosy projections with this uh, airport, there are still th- some things that should be addressed and should be talked about, which may not be happening right now, unfortunately. Uh, we are out of time. Professor Song, as always, some brilliant insights and analysis. Always appreciate it, and hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you.